Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The New York Mets are looking like the kings of the National League. Meanwhile, their crosstown rivals, the Yankees, are true kings of New York and Major League Baseball. And why that Subway series will have nothing to do with sandwiches. Go with me on this one. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. New York is the center of the baseball universe for the 2022 Major League Baseball season. It's the Mets and the Yankees. And of course, there are some teams out in California that have some things to say about that. We'll hear from them at some point, I'm sure. Joining me now from Locked On Mets, Ryan Finkelstein. And, and Ryan, this is a Mets team that sits atop their division, has been atop the National League for much of the season, and they've done it without maybe their two most important players this season in Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. How have they done it? It's been a lot of uh, a collective effort, particularly from the offense. You've seen a lot of different guys step up. Jeff McNeil, big bounce back season. Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor have been atop the RBI leaderboards in the National League. So the offense has done a really great job doing the little things like hitting with runners in scoring position and coming through in those RBI spots. And then they've gotten some surprising performances from some of their pitchers. David Peterson, a young arm, has done a really nice job lately. Tyler McGill. Had an amazing April. He was the opening day starter just in place of Jacob DeGrom. He performed really well for a while. And Taiwan Walker has suddenly been their most consistent starting pitcher. He's had a really nice season as well. So once these studs get back, uh, what what changes for the Mets aside from, hey, you get two really good pitchers who are going to consistently be in your rotation? I think you're seeing right now the Phillies are getting back into this division with the strength of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Imagine this Mets team that's been atop the National League all year, and now you have that type of a one-two punch again. It just makes everyone better. It takes a lot less pressure off of guys like Chris Bassett and Carlos Carrasco, some of the other stars in the rotation. It takes pressure off the bullpen, and it even takes pressure off the lineup, knowing that you have a couple of guys that theoretically can give you seven, eight scoreless innings anytime they take the ball. As you look at the matchups around the National League, you've got a, a, a tightly packed NL Central, a tightly packed NL West, um, Brewers and Cardinals in the Central. It's the Dodgers and the Padres in the West. The, the Giants are lurking a little bit. How important to the Mets from a matchup standpoint do you think seeding will be? Not that they're going to try and you know move down or whatever, but in terms of the teams that you're most concerned about, how do you think the matchups shake out in the NL? I think that right now, I personally believe that there's three teams that will kind of separate themselves by the end of the season. I think it's the Mets, the Braves, and the Dodgers. I believe those are the three best teams. So the main thing is you want to you know, kind of put off when you have to face one of those other two. So if you can get a one seed and really kind of push that type of a matchup to the championship series, I think that's important. Also, I believe there is a buy in place with this new expanded playoff. It'll be really important as well. If you can avoid a wild card round, obviously you'd like to do that. If the Mets go into the postseason with their big guns on the bump healthy, 
what other teams in the National League, maybe even in Major League Baseball, can can compare to what they can put out there? I think that you know there's a lot of teams that have a couple of good starting pitchers, but we're talking about Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom. And if you look at the last ten years, I think that an argument can be made these have been the most impressive and best starting pitchers in baseball. And now they're in the same rotation. So I think back to an old Diamondbacks team that had Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, and I see a kind of similar comp here when it comes to a one-two punch. Ryan has you covered every day on the ups and downs of the New York Mets. There have been plenty of downs, especially after ups. You can find Locked on Mets everywhere you get podcasts, including the Odyssey app. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the New York Yankees have paced the American League so far and don't look to be slowing down anytime soon. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your daily gambling needs. There are way too early odds for the Super Bowl champion. The Buffalo Bills are the favorite, plus 650. Tampa Bay comes in next, plus 850. Kansas City Chiefs not far behind, plus 950. The LA Chargers come in 10 to 1. The Packers after them at 12 to 1. Don't get that one, by the way, like that value. Rams 12 to 1. Don't get that one, by the way, like that value. 49ers 18 to 1. Ravens 20 to 1. Love that value too. Bengals 20 to 1. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. On the American League side of the Central, the Twins have been a great bounce-back story and lead that division. Hey, y'all, this is Nash Walker giving you a 4th of July update on the Minnesota Twins. As of this recording, the Twins are in first place, and if you would have told me that in April, I would have taken it all day long. It's been shocking in the American League Central. I'm not shocked by the Twins being in first place. I'm shocked by the White Sox underachieving to the level that they are and also surprised that Cleveland has played as well as they have. The Twins and Cleveland have played some close games. The Twins have blown four of them. Feels like this division lead should be bigger and I hope that doesn't come back to bite the Twins. But overall, Correa, Buxton, Arise are leading really a, a strong offense that's been inconsistent at times but has scored a lot of runs. And the pitching staff, especially early on, gave the Twins a chance to win, it felt like, every single day. It's been fun to watch. I think this is the one race that'll be really fun to watch in the second half. And uh, for the Twins, just got to keep it going and take care of business against their divisional opponents. Thanks again, Nash Walker, Locked On Twins Podcast. And the kings of the American League West so far have been the kings of, well, the American League West for a while. The Houston Astros, they just continue to dominate. Hey, it's Sam Wilhite here with Locked on Astros. And on the show, I predicted that by mid-May, the Astros would take over first place in the AL West and they would not look back. At this point, on June 30th, when I record this, they are 11 and a half games over the second place Rangers, who are two games under 500. The Angels and Mariners, I don't even know what they're doing. They're not even challenging for the AL West. And we thought this would be a more competitive division. The Astros have to continue to do what has gotten them to this point. Great starting pitching, great relief pitching, and key hitting in spots where they need to get those hits. Alex Bregman has started heating up. Yuli is hitting more, and they have their big guy, Jordan Alvarez, who should be the June player of the month, going to July, maybe replicate that. 
continue to do the things they know to do, the Astros will easily win the West, looking to secure another ALCS berth and another World Series berth. Stay tuned in to Lock on Astros for your team every day. Go Astros. Here is another story you need to know. The New York Yankees are on top of the baseball world. And if you're new here, you might be saying, what year is it? Because that is something we have not been able to say in, I don't know, quite a while, by, certainly by Yankee standards. Joining me now from Locked on Yankees, Stacey Gatsoulias. And, and Stacey, as I mentioned, this is a team that just a, a few years ago, Yankees fans were really frustrated with. They were frustrated with management. Um, the, the farm system was not producing the way that we were traditionally used to seeing the Yankees bring up these incredible young prospects. So how has this team been able to turn it around and become by far the best team in baseball so far this season? Number one is health. Most of the offense is staying healthy. If they do get hurt, it's only for a few days. There haven't been prolonged IL trips. Pitching is another story. Um, Guys who weren't doing well either last year, the year before, or both are doing better. Gleyber Torres being a Big example of that. He's doing a lot better in 2022. And Aaron Judge <laughs> having <laughs> his best <laughs> year so far. Um, you know, everyone thought it was the whole he's waiting for a contract thing, but I don't know if that's it. I just, you know, he turned 30 and he was like, okay, I'm gonna go off. And that's just what happened. <laughs> and and it happened at the same time as Giancarlo Stanton has been able to stay healthy. Um they when when both of those guys hit home runs, they don't lose. But this is also a team that has done it with far more than just mashing. This is not a team that needs to win every game 10 to six. Um, it's, it's a starting unit that is relatively deep. It is a bullpen that has found its life um, over the last uh, six weeks when it has made some, some tweaks there. When, when you look at this pitching staff, how do you think it matches up with some of the other top staffs in the American League? Because ultimately in the playoffs, we know pitching is going to carry you. Well, I think they definitely have one of the best bullpens in the league, obviously, because the bullpen is just, it's unreal what these guys are doing. And even when they plug guys in, Ryan Weber came out of nowhere against the Rays a week and a half ago, and they needed him to pitch a few innings. He pitched a few scoreless innings like it was no big deal. And it's just, you know, when the starters falter, the bullpen picks them up or the offense can pick them up. As you said, they're not winning 10-6 games. They're actually doing a really good job at preventing runs through pitching and defense because they upgraded the defense as well. And that's a big reason why they're winning so much. When you look at the American League, is it as simple as it's, it's Houston and everyone else? Or what, what are you looking at in terms of the teams that you think would scare the Yankees most as we close in on the second half of this season? Yeah, right now it's Houston. I think the Yankees have handled everyone else pretty well. Rays, Jays, they haven't really played the Red Sox. They beat them two out of three in the first series. We haven't seen them since, but they're playing a few times in July and August. So we'll see how they do against them. But, you know, the Yankees had that stretch from mid-June to the end of June. And they played the Rays, the Jays, the Rays back to back to back. And they only lost two games. So, yeah, they're passing every test, every tough test that's being thrown at them. They're passing with flying colors. And... As I said the last time we spoke, I don't feel comfortable, but it's nice to watch. Speaking of that that feeling and the joke that I made about that's Mets fans territory, have right. you allowed yourself to think into the future? This is a different question for you than for a lot of Yankees fans, I'm sure. But have you allowed yourself to think about a Subway series? No. 
No. The first one, it's funny because (laughs) going into the first one, the Mets were favored. You know, Sports Illustrated picked the Mets to win in five. The Yankees that year only won 87 games because the rest of the AL East wasn't even that good. But the whole, they were there for how many years in a row? You know, so that helped them a lot. And then when the Yankees won it in five, I was like, oh, thank goodness, because I didn't think I could mentally handle the Yankees losing to the Mets in a World Series, and I still don't think I can. So I don't want to think about that. I know Mets fans want to, but I do not want to. No. <laughs> One more crazy Yankee stat that I want to throw out there. The Yankees um, and and the Dodgers are the only teams in baseball that have a point differential over 100. Um, so it is it is really not even been close. The Yankees are blowing in, in that stat in particular. The Yankees are so far ahead of everyone else it really is uh, evinces the 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 90s um when when this team um w- was winning with with Derek Jeter and all those guys so this is this is uh, a little bit of a throwback season for the Yankees it is yeah i i like that aspect of it that's fun <laughs> stacy is the only cautiously optimistic yankees fan i know And she keeps it honest each and every day on Locked on Yankees. You can follow the podcast on every podcast app, including the Odyssey app. Coming up, why a Subway series seems inevitable. The National League has been a dogfight so far this season. And in the American League, teams are just about ready to line up their starting rotations for the postseason. Joining me now to check in with what's going on around baseball our pal Sully, Paul Sullivan from Locked On Major League Baseball. And, and Sully, as we as we look at the big storylines from the first few months of the season, first of all, thank goodness we have baseball because the lockout made that a very real question for at sure. least a period of time. But, yeah. but now that we have it, what has stood out to you from the first few months here of baseball? Um, I went into this year and I picked neither the Red Sox nor the Yankees to make the postseason because I thought they're pitching mm. I thought they were talented teams but their pitching staff had way too many question marks. Well, for the case of the Yankees, they turned those question marks and turned them into an exclamation point. And they have gone into this year where I was saying, well, what are they going to really expect from Nestor Cortez and um and from uh Garrett Cole and from Montgomery and from Severino and from their bullpen. Well, apparently a lot. You know, apparently everything that, <laughs> you know, they were obviously a fine team last year. They made the postseason, and I didn't think they were going to be a bad team. I just thought, like, well, I'm not quite 100% sure about those pitchers, and they have proven all of us wrong. And as, as surprising in a positive way the Yankees have been, the Chicago White Sox and the Seattle Mariners have been equally disappointing. And that has opened up the field in the American League Central, and has basically clinched the American League West for the Houston Astros. The fact that Seattle has been such a great disappointment and has basically, the not only have the Yankees and the Astros essentially clinched their division, by the way, another pleasant surprise has to be the return of Justin Verlander. Um, not only have they clinched their division, they've basically clinched the, the buys that the teams that aren't going to be playing in the the wild card series. So basically they can line up their pitching staff during the 4th of July. And because of that, and again, for those who listen to my podcast, you know, I've been saying this. If you're an American League East team like Toronto, Boston, or Tampa Bay, don't pay attention to the Yankees anymore. They've clinched. 
Pay attention to the central. Make sure your team finishes better than Cleveland and Minnesota. And guess what? Punch your ticket right into the postseason because there's nobody else coming out of the West. In the top six teams in the National League, three games separate them in the win column. Every division is three games or less between the top two teams. How do you handicap the National League? Uh, two names. The, the health and effectiveness of two names are going to be the difference for everything, and they are Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. And to insert them to a Mets team that, let's face it, they've had a tremendous – I mean, you, you take DeGrom – and Scherzer, you think that Jenga pieces that you're pulling out for there is enough to have them collapse. Throw in the fact that the Braves were on that wild winning streak, you would have just assumed that Atlanta had taken over the division. The fact that, at least as of this recording, the Mets are still in first place, despite all those things going against them, uh, if they add a healthy DeGrom and a healthy Scherzer, easy for you to say, then the Mets are the team to beat. Uh, obviously, Los Angeles has a tremendous amount of talent on the team. Obviously, Milwaukee has terrific pitching. The Cardinals have the National League MVP in Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, the Braves, obviously, the, the defending champs, they're a fine team. Nobody knows what the Phillies are. One day, they look so bad, you got to get rid of Joe Girardi. The next minute, they're saying, oh, who can? Oh, I forgot all about Mike Schmidt. You know, there's there's no way to determine what this team's all about. And boom, Harper gets his hand broken or his thumb broken. No one knows what's going on there. And the Padres are just sitting there, super talented, without Tatis Jr. and Machado, which just shows you what a great manager Bob Melvin is. So, uh, but I do think the Mets are the team to beat if those two pitchers are healthy. If they're not, then let's not sleep on Milwaukee, who has tremendous pitching. Tremendous pitching depth, and they don't have to beat a super team to clinch that central. They just have to beat St. Louis, a fine team, but not quite as strong as Atlanta or San Diego or even San Francisco, who could turn things around in the West. And finally, according to the National Sausage and Hot Dog Council, my application in the mail, by the way, Americans will consume over 150 million hot dogs today. And that's just like my extended family. Bon appetit and happy Independence Day. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what's going on in a wild NBA offseason? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.